Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. Come on up here. Come on. Well, I'm a fan of Aaron DeLong, too, so I guess he's got two at least in the audience. So whoever that was, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Man, I love this guy. I love this church. I love his family. And uh, one of the hardest things to do as, as a pastor is to let somebody else take that spot on a Sunday morning. And uh, Aaron pointed out that this is actually the first time that I've spoke here that he has been here as well. Normally, I've, I've spoke here a couple different times, but he hasn't been here. So if this is the first time you're seeing me, this may be the last time because now that Aaron is here watching what I do, the train wreck that I'm about to uh, bring upon you, this may be my last time. But now I am honored. It is always an honor when somebody trusts you to stand up and speak to the people that you love the most. And I just want to say this on behalf of your pastor. He loves you. I do get to spend some time with him outside of of a a Sunday morning. And man, the way that he talks about Simple Church, the way that he talks about you, from everybody from going out on this cold day to setting up those signs in the front, thank you for doing that. Everybody who made this facility clean enough that we can sit in here, you stuff the back of those envelopes or the back of the chairs, you got hot coffee. Guys, this takes a lot of people to do a Sunday morning, and you guys do it so well. I promise you, I get to travel the state and go to so many different churches. And let me just say this, you've got a great church. And you know why you have a great church? Because you have great leadership. And Aaron and Shanda have just been such great friends to me and my family. And uh, just, I just want to say thank you, man. Thank you for the investment that you make into my life. Yeah, look at that. Now that we made Aaron feel better that he only got one person clapped that he was in the band, see, that's your real skill. You're the pastor. You're the leader of this thing. So I would say just, hey, let's not make that just a Sunday morning thing. You know, when you see or hear Pastor Aaron and Shanda out and about, let them know how much you appreciate them. Because just as the worship leader was talking and, and how you guys are now on this 21-day fast, anytime you try to do something good, it almost seems like you get distracted or or kind of diverted from doing that. But it is like hell unleashes this fury, and and it's just like, it just hits you in ways that you can't even imagine. So spiritually leading a church, a congregation, you, that is a lot on a family. So I think Aaron does it better than most pastors that I've seen. So you guys, again, don't do any more claps. He would think we staged it, but he really is a gift to you and, and to us. So show your appreciation to him if you would. And for you who are here today, I was even thinking on the way here this morning, ain't nobody going to show up. If I, if I wasn't speaking somewhere, I'm not even sure I would go somewhere because it is cold. And most of the time, pastors don't tell the congregation that somebody else is speaking because they, there's people that just show, don't show up. Oh, well, the pastor ain't going to be there. They're not going to know if I'm not there, so you just don't show up. It's almost like God doesn't know. So the fact that you're here, you get an extra gold star on your God chart today because it is cold and there's a guest speaker. So thank you for being here uh, and in helping my ego a little bit. 
But man, I'll just tell you this. Is anybody else a little bit excited and glad and maybe even just relieved that 2017 is over? Oh, come on, somebody. I got a shouter down here. I'll take that all day. I'm telling you what, 2017, it just sucked. And I'm not going to say that in any other church that, that, that Aaron DeLong isn't the pastor of because I know he's okay with that. But Aaron, this is something else you don't know about your pastor. He's like my meme dealer. And dude, there are times he'll send me stuff and I'm in meetings and I do not open a text from Aaron DeLong if I don't want to laugh because memes are just like, it, they've almost become my primary way to communicate. I'm going to do a whole message just, just with nothing but memes. I think it'll be great. But one of the memes that I absolutely loved was that it was kind of towards the end of the year of 2017, and it just simply said, 2017 was like a skateboard to the ankle. And you know that just, it just hits you, and it's just like this, ah, and there's just this pain, and then it just, it's like, that's horrible, but it's such a small thing. 2017, couldn't wait for it to be over. It was just so bad. But without getting into to the, the specifics, 2017 was that year that I feel like God said, anything that can be shaken will be. Anything that could be shaken in 2017, it was. And it forced me to look at my life and to look at my priorities and to look at the things that I say mattered and really refocus on those things and build on this foundation. And let me just kind of ruin the whole story for you. Do you know what that was for me? It was my faith, it was my family, and it was my friends. It was community. So Aaron didn't ask me to do this, but I'm going to pitch grow groups for you because grow groups, we call them community groups, that we were in a small group of people that we just did life with. And we had an opportunity, we moved away, and then we came back. And you know one of the biggest reasons that I needed to come back? It was community. It was friends. It was support. It was stability. So if you're not in or haven't been in a grow group, please consider doing that because I promise you, if you commit to just that piece of it, 2018 is going to be totally different for you. So 2017, one of the horrible things that happened in our lives was that uh, unfortunately in November, my dad passed away. Now, I went into 2017 just totally fearful that everything that I did with my dad was going to be the last. I went into 2017 thinking, oh my, my dad could die at any minute. He was given a three-month diagnosis. He ended up living 15 months, which we're so grateful for, but he had lung cancer, totally 100% preventable if he would have just done things differently. So I remember going into 2017 thinking, I'm going, this is going to be the last time I get to celebrate his birthday with him, the last time he's alive during my birthday, the last time it's his anniversary, the last time... I'm like, what am I doing? I am living this, this year. I'm coming into this year so fearful. And I just decided I didn't want to do that. But here's the thing. Death is one of those things that forces you to look at things a little bit differently. It forces you to look at your life and change the things that you know you should change. It forces you to implement the things you've only been talking about. So I look at my dad's death, and at it, I mean, it flat out stinks. And I'm not even going to try to put that positive spin on it that everybody wants to do. But it can be the best motivation to live a better life, to live a different life. And if we allow it, it will force us 
to understand that we have such a limited time on this earth. My dad was 70 years old. The young people think that's old. People my age think, heck no, that ain't old at all. But it forces us to look at it and say, I've got this window of time. What am I going to do with this window of time? And your, your verse for this series, I love it, Psalms 90 verse 12, it really took that and reframed it for me. And now when I read it, I read it and I look at two different things. Psalm 90, 12, it says, teach us to number our days aright that we may gain a heart of wisdom. The first part of that is it says that our days are numbered. You've heard people say that, your days are numbered. And they mean that negatively. Well, what if we spun that and made it positive? That because my days are numbered, I'm going to make sure that I am doing the most with them. There's something about this when, when we look at our time as limited, it forces us to change our priorities. And if we organize our lives and prioritize our lives, it ends up being a different life altogether. And we understand that time is running out. And, and you, you know this. Some of us feel like in the middle of 2017 that this thing is going on forever. But now that it's over, it's like, man, that was a blink of an eye. And here you are already two weeks into 2018. And you know what that means, don't you? Statistically, all of you have already done away with your New Year's resolutions. You all broke them already. Two weeks into the year and all that, I'm going to do better, going to be better, going to do this. It's already done. The gyms, they're starting to kind of diminish on their memberships already. The people aren't already starting to show up because that's the only time they're ever really full. That's how they make their money. But that's ah, all right. You can try again in 2019. That's your New Year's resolution. Start it now. I'll do better in 2019. But the first thing we got to understand is that our days are numbered. But the second part of that, I love that. The reason he tells us to number our days is so that we can gain something. There's a benefit from it. He says we're going to gain a heart of wisdom. And here's what wisdom is. It's simple. It's applying knowledge. Because we all have knowledge. We all have information. But now, applying that shows that we're making wise choices. There's probably nothing I'm going to tell you today that you haven't already heard. But I'm going to encourage you to apply something that we're talking about today. And my goal is that you apply wisdom. That we now realize, listen, our days are numbered. But now I'm going to prioritize those and I'm going to gain this heart of wisdom. Now, you might have seen this illustration that I'm about to do for you here. And, and I saw this several years ago, and it was probably a business leadership type thing or a time management or something along those lines. And I love this illustration because this, this jar represents some span of time for you. So you can say this is today. This is your Sunday. You can say this is 2018. You can say this is this week. Whatever this span of time is for you, this is all the stuff that you do. This is, this, all this stuff right here is stuff that you might look at and say, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't the most positive thing I could have done with my, my time. This might not be bad, but it's really not going to change tomorrow. It's really not going to have an impact on the rest of my day. This is just stuff. So this is just stuff. It's not bad. It's not good. It's just stuff. For some of you, this represents your cell phone. For some more of you, this represents Facebook and Facebook and Facebook, maybe some Instagram, maybe some Twitter, maybe some whatever those other social media places. But this is just stuff. 
And when I, when I fill my time, when I fill my day, when I fill my week, my year, whatever this represents to you, with stuff, the things that really matter, the things that we're going to call the big rocks in our lives, the things that really matter, they just don't seem to fit in there the same. So maybe you say, you know what, this year's different. I'm going to focus on my health. Let's try to put that in there after we did all the stuff. I'm going to focus, I'm going to focus on my relationships. I, I mean, a big rock, we're in church, we got to say God. God's a, big, God's a big rock. Now maybe I'm going to focus on my career. I want to grow my career a little bit. I've got some kids. You know, I, I, I want to get, get healthy. I want to I get my finances in order. I want to I just, man, these are the things that are important to me. But there's not room for them because of all this stuff. And it's just stuff. And many of you look at that jar and you say, yep, that's it. That is my 2017. That is my day. That is, that is that's exactly how I spend my time. But now we're going to look at it and just think a little bit differently. What if, what if we just did things in a little bit different order? What if I said, God, you are the rock. You are the biggest rock. You are the biggest priority in my life, and I am going to start my day off with you. What if we said, my family is really important to me, and I'm going to make sure that they get the best of my time, not the leftovers from my time. What if my relationships with my spouse became just such a huge priority to me? What if my dad would have said, you know what, my health I'm going to stop smoking. I'm going to just really focus on getting my life in order. I'm going to do all these things. Maybe for you, whatever these big rocks are to you, whatever these important, biggest things are to you, because we say it, but what if we did it? What if this is how we started our day? When we start our day with these big rocks as the foundation, the crazy thing is, and you might be scared saying, well, Gary, you're just going to ask me to not do all that stuff. And I'm not asking you to not do all this stuff. All I'm saying is that if we reprioritize, it all fits. This is the same stuff, but it's just in a different order. And order matters. And we all know this, but we're not all applying this. That order matters. If we know it, there's knowledge, but we're not applying it, so we're not walking in wisdom. One of the things that made 2017 really difficult on my family and I is that we moved twice within a four-month span. It was horrible because we had to take our whole house that we'd lived in for maybe eight years and load it into these pods. And you know, if you've lived in a house for any length of time, there's just stuff and it's everywhere. And then you realize how much stuff you have and how much stuff you don't need. And that's frustrating in and of itself. But to try to fit all that stuff into these portable on-demand storage units to just show up. And I told the kids, come on, guys, you got to help dad do this. And they're like, okay, well, here's, here's a chair. Oh, hey, dad, here's some stuffed animals. I'm like, okay, well, guys, order is important. If we don't start with the big stuff first, if we don't push all the big stuff to the back and pile it all the way up and then use all this stuff as fillers, there's no way all of this is going to fit into this. So order matters. Order is important. And I believe that there is a very spiritual element to this. 
I've never seen this preached in a church. I've seen it in leadership circles. But I think this is one of the most godly examples of an illustration that we can give. Because we know that God is a God of order. Order matters. And I'm going to give you three biblical principles if you're taking notes. Order matters. Here's why. Order determines capacity. When you put in the stuff first, you don't have time for the priorities the big rocks, order matters. Doing the right things at the right time matters. Doing the wrong things at the wrong time, it sets your day whole in a totally different direction. Keeping the first things first matters. The foundation that builds the whole day. Look at how Jesus says this in uh, Matthew 6, verse 31 through 33. He says, don't worry about these things. Don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink or what you're going to wear. For the pagans, and pagans are people who just don't even believe in God, they run after all these things. But you, your heavenly Father, knows what you need. He doesn't say he, you don't need them. He doesn't say don't do them. He just says he knows what you need. And here's the word that talks about order. But seek first the kingdom of God. Then guess what? You do that first. You put in the big rocks first. All these things, all this stuff still fits. It'll be added to you. So there's just something really cool about God math, that if I start with this, if I start with stuff, this is all I end up with, stuff. No better off, no worse, I just got stuff. But if I start with the priorities of my faith, my health, my family, my community, the things that really matter, all these things, there's still room. So this isn't one of those things that says you got to quit. It's saying reprioritize because it really does matter. Order communicates priority. That's the second thing. So order, order uh, determines capacity. And then the second thing is order determines or communicates priority. Think about that, and you know this is true. If you've ever asked somebody, hey, can you help me? Mine was, hey, can you help me move? And I got answers of yes. But, whatever that but is, it's yes, after I do this, yes, I got to do this first, yes, but, all that communicated to me was, and I'm not saying it was bad, I'm just saying it communicated that there is a higher priority. I look at it in my own life, and I look at my wife, if she's got to ask me to take her on a date, you know what I've communicated? Taking you on a date isn't my priority. My kids, dad, can you come upstairs and tuck us in? Yes, after this is over. What did I just communicate? that what I'm watching is more important than spending time with my children. I'll, I'll do Netflix. I'm, I'm, man, Netflix, 2017, I crushed Netflix. Man, I killed Netflix. They, right? they, should, they should owe me money for all the, the time invested I put into Netflix. But you know what the worst thing Netflix did? That auto start the next episode. That dumb thing. Man, I'll just be like, oh, yeah, yeah, kids, I got four more minutes, then I'll be up. And then that auto start clicks on. I'm like, oh, well, that's what this episode's about. I'll just watch the first 30 seconds. And I'm communicating something to my children that I'm not intending to communicate because I'm not intentionally communicating you are the priority. Just a little side note for those of you rebellious type spirits in here. Do you know what Netflix says is their biggest competition? It's, it's not necessarily Hulu or Amazon Prime or any of those other streaming services. Their biggest competition, sleep. Netflix says that they want your sleep. 
So now almost in just this act of defiance, I'm saying, uh-uh, you ain't getting my sleep. I'm going to shut this thing off at this hour, no matter where I'm at in this episode. But we've got to make those decisions on the front end. Order matters. Order communicates priority. You want to know what you're communicating? Dare you ask. You want to know how you're doing as a brother, as a sister, as a spouse, as a niece, as a nephew, as an uncle, as an aunt, whatever that is. Whoever the priority relationships are to you, go to them and say, how can I be a better spouse? How can I be a better parent? How can I be a better whatever that is? And then just watch. If they really trust you, they're going to tell you. And you know what? They're probably not going to say things that are just dumb. Your spouse might say, yeah, pick up your wet towels or whatever. But you know what they're saying? They're going to come back to, could you play with me more? Could you take me out on a date? Could you spend more? It all is going to come probably down to time. Because the time is the one thing that we have numbered. We can make more money. We can get on more social media. But we can never get back the time that we've already used. And the one thing I've learned about kids is kids don't want necessarily need the, the quality time that I always thought. My kids are just about quantity. Like, Dad, we just want you around. I don't care what we're doing. Just Can you just be around? But when I'm around, am I on my phone? We've got a rule at dinner. No phones at the dinner table. And if we bring one, my kids pick it up and they take it in the other room. Because I want them to know that this is something that we're going to guard because you are important to us. We can say that family is a huge value, but are you really living that out? I dare you to ask that question and do not be offended by the answer. Don't you call Aaron and say, hey, I'm mad at my spouse and it's going to come back to you ask them what you could do better. Don't do that. Get the answer and see if you're not making them a value. See if they don't feel like they're being valued. We say certain things are values, but are we really making them the priority? Look in Revelation 2, verse 2 through 4. I love this verse. It says, I know your deeds. I know where you spend your time. I know you're working hard. I know you're persevering through stuff. I know all that, but yet I hold one thing. I hold this thing against you. Here's where God's talking about order again. You have forsaken your first love. You have made it all about this, and I am nowhere to be found in any of this. You have forsaken your first love. I see all those things you're doing. I see all that. I see all the, the chairs that you're stuffing and the mission trip that you're going on. I see all that. But are you just doing it out of just you want to do good, or are you doing it out of a heart of love for me? Have you made me the priority? And I love, I love just how it talks about that. And, and this is, this is kind of cool. The third principle is that order impacts the rest. You saw that with this, that order impacts the rest. If I put all this stuff first, then guess what? The big rocks don't fit. But if I put the big rocks in first and then manage the rest of my day around it, impacts all the rest. And Pastor Aaron's going to unpack that thought a little bit more over the next couple of weeks because I believe this is the fun one to talk about, that the way that we order our lives really does impact the rest of our lives. And if we do this right, that's what I love about God's math. There's just something supernatural that says, guys, I'm not saying stop. I'm just saying reprioritize. There's something about this God math that we cannot do on our own. You seek me first. 
all this stuff. You got time for it. You got time for it. It definitely applied. And, and it, that principle, I love the principle that we're about to talk about. And just so you know, I'm not here to talk about money, but there is a principle in Scripture that clearly talks about first. And I'm not, I'm not, I don't want you to necessarily think that I'm talking about money with this, but I believe this principle applies to our lives, and it's in Proverbs 3, verse 6 through 10. It says, in all your ways acknowledge him, honor the Lord with your wealth, but here's the part I love, with the first fruits. See, God's not just saying go be generous. He's saying be generous, but he's not saying don't, don't, just, don't just go do that. Don't just do that stuff. Give me the first don't just, don't, it's, it's not just a tithe, it's the first. He doesn't want just some, he wants the first. He said, then all your crops, all, if, if you do this, if you give me first fruits, then your barns will be filled, overflowing, your vats will over, overflow with new wine. Order matters. Order communicates a lot of stuff. He blesses the rest based on what we do with the first. Order matters. Why are we not doing this? We have the knowledge. We've probably been taught this. We know this. How do we take this from knowledge to walking in a heart of wisdom? By applying it. We've got to apply the knowledge we have and walk in wisdom. Psalms 90 verse 12, again, it says, teach us because there's something that maybe we don't know. We're not, we're not taught that our days are numbered in a way that says we've got to have the priorities of those days set, or otherwise it's just going to get away from us. Who really ever tells us that stuff? Who teaches us that stuff outside of, of these business leadership time management? Do you know when most people change? When they have to. Do you know, you know, you know when you go out and buy new, you know when you want to work on your health? When your clothes don't fit. That's when you want to work on your health or when you end up in the hospital and the doctor says, if you don't, then there's more consequences. People change when they have to. Do you, know, do you know when you stop doing all those things? Do you know when you start putting down the phone? It's when your kids are getting bad grades at school or when your kids are fighting or when your kids don't want anything to do with you. Do you know when you stop going on all the golfing and fishing and travel? Do you know when you're going to start focusing on your marriage? When your wife doesn't seem to like she really wants to be around you. Do you know when you're going to get off of you know, the social media and stop your gossip chains and all that stuff? When your husband doesn't even know who you are and doesn't even necessarily want to spend time with you. We don't change until we have to. What if we said we're going to live the life that God's called us to live so we don't have to worry about getting caught up in all this stuff and having to deal with all the consequences it usually takes something to remind us. Maybe, maybe 2017 for us was the best reminder. Maybe the worst year, but the best spiritually growth year we've ever had. Because it forced us to look at the things that really matter and make decisions based on that. Listen to how Proverbs 17:24 says it. An intelligent person aims at wise action. So there are things that are important in my life. So the big rocks, I'm going to aim at those. But a fool starts off in many different directions. I just love watching kids go to an amusement park that they've never been to, or just a park, and they just see all that stuff, and their just eyes get wide open, and they're like, wow, I want to go play on this. No, I want to go play on that. No, I want to go ride that first. Hey, come over here. 
or a kid in a candy store with a little bit of money, and he's like, I want to buy this and that and that. They have different ways. They haven't been taught because they run in, and they just run in every direction. It's almost like they walk in, and five of them just go in totally different directions. That's sometimes our minds in the morning. We get up and say, ah, what are we going to do? I don't know. I might as well. I think I might try to start to do that. I might, I might do this. I might call this person. And we just get to the end of the day, and we've got nothing but stuff. And we didn't do anything significant. 96 per, 90, 96% of people say they believe in God. But how many of them actually put him first? How many of them can he look at and say, okay, you have not forsaken me. You have put me first. You have prioritized and numbered your days very well. There's probably no one in here that would say family isn't important. But how many of your families feel important? How many of them feel like they're the priority in your life based on your calendar, based on your time, based on where you're putting your, your money? Anytime that we say that something is a big rock, we say, oh yeah, definitely God is one, health is one, family's one. If we say those things, but yet our lives don't really align to those things, then you know what? Our lives are out of order. So I'm hoping you're looking at this, seeing which one of these is yours. And you might have some big rocks in this one, but how many big rocks should, will you start your day with? Because order matters to God. Some of, you, some of you, again, it's not necessarily bad stuff, but it's just stuff. And we got to determine, what are we going to do with our lives, our days, because they're numbered? So three guiding principles. So we talked about the spiritual principles. Now I want to just give you three guiding principles. And first one is this. If you don't know what your big rocks are, if you don't know what they should be, here's just three things I would encourage you to do. Discover your values. What are your values? 2 Corinthians 13.8 says, Our responsibility is to never oppose the truth, but to stand for the truth at all times. You've heard it said, you got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. What do you stand for? What are the things that just really motivates you, that moves you? That maybe it doesn't even move other people. Maybe it doesn't motivate other people, but it just for you, this moves you. A different way to ask it would be, what do I love? What do I love doing? Who do I love being around? What are the things that just bring me life? What makes you righteously angry? We know the things that make us unrighteously angry. It's those people at Starbucks that don't know their order before they get to the counter. It's the people that, it's when Amazon Prime doesn't come in two days. It's when those people don't know how to drive because you do. That's all the unrighteous anger stuff. But what makes me righteously angry? What are the things that when you see it, you say, no, 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 not on my watch. That ain't going to happen. I just remember the first time I found out how big or how popular Columbus, Ohio, and the whole state of Ohio, Toledo, Columbus specifically, just for like sex trafficking. I could not believe how much there is right under our noses. Or just the, the people experiencing homelessness right in our community. It's like, man, how does that happen? Those are the things. What are the things that just move you? Maybe it is missions. Maybe it's those underdeveloped countries and you just say, why don't they have clean water? Why can't they have? What are the things that just really move you? Start by discovering your values. And here's what we've done as a family. I just, you know, when I do push away Netflix and go up at night and pray with my kids, I just really wanted to start praying over them something that they could remember. These are the things that it means to be a fowler. 
So my last name is Fowler, F-O-W-L-E-R, so I created this acronym that every letter me is another word. And the F in Fowler stands for fearless. I want my girls to be fearless. I want them to try things that nobody else is trying. I don't want them to worry about being a, looking like a fool or people laughing at them. I want them to just be fearless. That's a value that we have. My daughter was going for an audition or something the other day, and she's like, Daddy, I'm nervous. I said, what? And she's like, nope. I'm fearless. I, yes, you are. You are fearless because we plant that value into her, and we, we work on that. We talk about that. So F is fearless. The O, I want my kids to be obedient. I want my kids to be obedient to their mommy and daddy. I want them to be obedient to what the Lord's called them to do. I talk, and, and then we kind of pitch that. It's age appropriate. So we talk about their teachers. We talk about you know, the other people in authority in their lives. But we want you to be obedient. The W in the Fowler is we want you to make wise choices. Because you can sit here and argue right or wrong with me all day. But was this a wise choice for who you are? Was this a wise choice for where you want to be in life? The L, we are just, we love learning. Learn, learn, learn. Every day when my kids get out of the car, I'll tell them, you are fearless, you're obedient, you're wise. I want you to go learn something today because learning is a value that we have. And then the E, I feel like I put the E in there, maybe a little bit self-serving for me because the E stands for encourage because when I was their age, me growing up, I was that guy, I was that kid that would walk in a room and just make fun of everybody and just tear them down with my words. So I feel like some way I'm trying to use them to right all the wrong that I did. And maybe that's a little self-serving, but I feel like it's a good value. It's encouraged. I want you to use your words to go lift people up and never tear them down. I want you to edify, encourage them, make them feel like they can do things that maybe they don't feel like they can do. Encourage people with your words. And then the R simply stands for responsibility that we all have a responsibility in this home. You pick up your own stuff, you clean your room, you do these things, so that's chores. But then I want them to be responsible with this gift that God has given them. And that maybe that's their purity, maybe that's, maybe that's their, their talents, maybe that's their time, their treasure. We're gonna get into all that as they grow. But responsibility is one of those values that we're anchored to as the Fowler family. Now there's more, there's different. You come up with your own but if you ask my kids, what does Fowler stand for? They're going to know it. And that just becomes this anchor that I can always tie back to and say, hey, is this who you are? So when I say go be a Fowler, they know what that means. I'm going to be fearful, fearless, obedient, wise. I'm going to learn. I'm going to encourage, and I'm going to be responsible. We know our values. Do we know our vision? Determine what is important. That's the second principle here. Determine what is most important. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there's no vision, people perish. They just, they just, they just flat, they, they, it's like a dream of, of this revelation. That's what vision means in this verse. But if you don't have a marching order for your life, what are you doing? You're just that kid that shows up and just runs in every direction and doesn't ever get anything done. Another translation says, where there's no plan for your life, people cast off restraint. Don't you know people that live like that? Like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do, so I'm just going to do a whole bunch of stuff, and then I'm going to hope it turns into something really positive and great. And they just end up with this. It's just stuff. What is my life's mission? You know what? And there is a process. If you don't know your life's mission, there's a process that you can go through to help you find that and determine that. And they have it here at Simple Church. And that's what I love about this church. I love the name Simple Church because there's so much complexity, but they just make it simple. Here's what you do. You sign up for these classes. It's called Growth Track. 
You want to find out why you're put on this earth? Go through growth track. It's simple. Show up the first Sunday you do this, second Sunday this, third Sunday this, fourth Sunday this. It's simple. If you don't know why you're here, I would encourage you to get in that and find out because it takes all this stuff and it helps you focus on what's important. And then all this stuff will be added to you. Look at what Paul said in Acts 20, verse 24. He says, I consider my life worth nothing. And this is the guy that wrote most of the New Testament, Paul. He says, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord has given me. Guys, this is the guy. He was ridiculed. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten several times right up to the point of death. But this guy says, listen, all that stuff doesn't matter if I don't finish the race that I was called to run. None of that matters if I just quit. You know, the best gift your pastor can give you is not necessarily to answer the phone when you call or to walk with you through the hard times. Those are all great, and those are gifts, and I know he's great at that stuff. But the best gift he can give to you is to help you find out why you're here. That is the greatest thing that he can do for you. So that, you, you know, you look at people and you just say, man, they just don't have any problems. You know those people that are always just full of joy and maybe seem so happy. You know what? They got the same problems we do, but they have a different focus. They're focusing on their life's mission, their call, and not on the problems. The problems are simply the obstacles. And that's trying to hinder me from getting here, but I'm going to stay focused on this instead of those problems. I want to stay focused on doing the big things first before I get caught up in all this other junk. So you want to live a life fulfilled? Find out why you're here. I'm going to ask you to do this. Pastor Aaron would never ask you to do this, but I'm a guest and I may not be back. So I'm just going to ask you to do this. If you would commit to doing these four things in 2018, I would bet you that you would have the best year you've ever had. And if you don't, then I, you call me and I'm sure Pastor Aaron would help you find another church. But I'm going to ask you to do this. Four simple things. Attend service on a regular basis. So just show up. If you're part of Simple Church, be a part of Simple Church. Don't just show up, sit in the chair, get a cup of coffee and walk out. Show up. Be here and don't, ju don't, just, don't just come for the, the, the social part of it. Show up. Attend the service. Second thing, go through growth track. If you've never been through it, listen to what growth track is going to do. It helps me figure out how to follow Jesus, connect to the church, discover my purpose, and then make a difference with my life. Is that not everything that we're talking about? Now, I know, Aaron, so I know this stuff that Simple Church is doing, but this is all on the website. You guys can find it. So show up, attend services, go through growth track, get in a small group. People, it's one of those things as a parent, you know how it's going to turn out for your kids if they don't do certain things, if they do certain things. I'm here to tell you, if you're not in a community group, life is going to be different. When you go, not if, but when you go through tough times, your grow group is going to be there for you and with you. Grow groups are so important. So that's the third thing. So attend weekend services, get in a or go through the growth track, get in a small group, but then get involved in a ministry team. There's something about serving, knowing that you help pull this off for all these guests, for every hand that goes up and says, I want to make Jesus my Lord and Savior. That's what this is about. And you help do it. If you just show up and walk out, hey, great. Thank you for being here. You're welcome back. But you know what? You didn't really have a whole part of that. 
get on a serve team, get on a ministry team. If you do those things, I promise you, 2018 is going to look a whole lot different than 2017. Because 2018, you're putting the big rocks in first, the priority, the things that matter. 2017, and you know what's going to happen if you don't number your days and gain the heart of wisdom? Definition of insanity. We're going to do the same things and expect a different result. That's what we're going to do. So 2017 is going to look just like 2018, just like 2019, because you're not doing anything about it. Your days are numbered. What are we doing with those days? I'm going to finish up with this verse here, Ephesians 5:15, verse through 17. It says, be careful then. So here's a warning. Hey, guys, be careful, not how you live as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. And you know what? You were just presented with some opportunity. Now it's up to you to determine what you're going to do with it. He says, be careful because these days are evil. They're numbered and they are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is for your life. You say, I don't know what to do. I just told you what to do. Show up. Go through growth track. Get in a group. Sign up to serve somewhere. So just to recap for you, discover your values, determine what is important, decide who the most important per- the people are, the relationships, make that decision. Because your life is all about relationships. And Jesus says it this way, Matthew 22, 37 to 40, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And you've heard it all before. But he says this, this is the first and greatest commandment. Order matters. Order really matters. Order determines the rest. There's a, there's a great quote, and I, and I love it. And if you are taking notes, maybe you want to write this one down. The distance between the truth that you know and the truth that you live equals the, the pain you experience. The difference between the truth that you know and the pain or the, the, the truth that you live equals the pain you experience. So this is what I know. Big rocks need to come first, but this is what I'm living. And you know what's between here and here? The pain you're experiencing. The truth that I know, the truth that I live equals the pain that I experience. And Jesus is saying, you know what? There's a better way. You don't have to do that. 2018 is going to look exactly the same as 2017 if you're not intentional about it. Your relationships are going to be the same or worse. Your career, your health, everything's going to be either the same or worse. It doesn't just get better on its own. We have to make relationships a priority. We've got to make God first. And even though 2017 totally stunk for us, everything that could be shaken was. But you know what I got out of that? I learned that my days are numbered. And I've got a heart now that's guiding me with wisdom. For all of you, this could be the best year of your life. For some of you, it will be. Because you've decided that I'm going to make this year different. And you know the cool part of this whole thing? I don't make that decision for you. You make that decision for you. So right now, I'm just going to give you the opportunity to to, to respond to what you've just heard. And I'm just going to ask you just out of privacy for the people around you. If you would just bow your head and close your eyes, I just want to ask you this. First and foremost, if you don't know this Jesus that I'm talking about, 
If you don't have a personal relationship with him and you say this year is going to be different and even if the only thing different is I am going to walk this road with Jesus, if you say I want to make Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior, would you just put your hand up for me? Just put it up and put it right back down. Yep, anybody else? Yep, anybody else? Praise God. And for those of you who served and attend regularly and give to this church, you are a part of what just happened. And I love when the scripture says that all of heaven rejoices when one, and there were multiple in this room just now and in the first service, but when one person decides to make Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior, the, war, the, the Bible says that all of heaven rejoices. It's not just these golf claps. All of heaven is rejoicing in this celebration right now because several people said, I want to make Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. And that's what this whole thing is about. So if you raised your hand for that, I'm just going to ask you right now in your own heart, in your own mind, in your own breath, just repeat this prayer after me. You don't have to say it out loud, but if you raised your hand, I'm just going to ask you to say, Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe that you came to this earth and died for my sins. I believe that you rose from the grave and are now seated at the right hand of the Father. Jesus, forgive me for my sins and help me to live from this day forward with you as the priority, the big rock in my life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. If you're here this morning and you say,